Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Wow. Um, If uh, COVID-19 and unemployment and impeachment and all sorts of other things um, were not enough, we have riots, particularly in the streets here in Philadelphia. And uh, massive power outages. Yeah, that's a good thing, right? How much more can we take America? I think um, during these times, as I have counseled um, myself, my family, other people, um, it is a time to pause. It is a time against all odds to look up and... uh, receive peace and love and calm and guidance from our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I will start the show very appropriately with some uh, scripture on peace. Um, one of the my all-time favorites, many of yours as well, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A couple of others, James uh, 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. We do need some peacemakers out there. And lastly, Matthew 5.9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. During these times, we definitely need uh, peacemakers. Should have done this before. A little sip of Wawa coffee here. I'm giving these guys a free plug all the time here. This is this is ridiculous. So anyway, the um, so yeah. On top of everything else, here in the city of Philadelphia, we have um, massive power outages all over the place. And if you combine, um just craziness uh you know i I think ag bar uh said it best the other day and we can um we can kind of digest this as well the uh the protesters and i'm sure this is much more nuanced than this but the protesters uh around the country particularly in urban areas um are are made up of largely three groups there's probably some subgroups of that but for your understanding um you know largely they are made up of peaceful protesters who saw what we all saw in minneapolis and were absolutely outraged and feel absolutely powerless to do anything about this other than to go out and peacefully protest and that's what the United States of America is all about. And um, I would, you know, I saw a poll the other day that of the 100% of people that watched that horrible, horrible video in Minneapolis, 96% thought it was outrageous, which leaves you scratching your head of the other 4% that, that felt that this poor suspect was in some way, shape, manner, or form deserving of this treatment. But, um, think it's rather heartening that in this uh, crazy uh, world of left right and uh, conservative liberal and Christian non-Christian and any other factions you want to put against one another 96% of the people that saw that thought that that was wrong and uh, that is indeed a good thing Um, AG Barr goes on to 
say that um, another segment of the protesters out there are he terms them just looters and i think there are certainly subsections of looters um there are people that are excuse me mainly um uh smashing windows and uh taking sneakers and things of that nature and um you know they they are your garden variety looters if you want to use that term but they're certainly other people that are doing quite a bit more than looting um, as far as crime is concerned, um, uh, injuring uh, their fellow citizens. Police officers have been injured all over the country. Um, uh, cars, uh, particularly cop cars here in Philadelphia, are burned. Um, that, that is certainly way more than looting so i i would qualify his uh category there and just say it's, it's much more than looters although the, that is the large majority of of that group um they are just looking for an opportunity to cause a little mayhem uh lastly and i think the more troubling of the categories would would simply be uh, you know, he calls them extremists. Um, I, I, I would qualify that and call them exploitative extremists, taking advantage of a crisis. Um, we uh, refer to uh, Rahm Emanuel quite a bit on this show, never let a good crisis go to waste. I am certainly in no way, shape, manner, or form implying that Rahm Emanuel is... Uh, is uh, fanning the flames here and, and asking people to uh, to do some of the crazy things they're doing. But the premise of his statement is, is very much in play when you have uh, very largely funded groups like uh, Antifa and several others, for that matter, um, busing people, flying people in, putting people up in hotels. That takes a tremendous amount of money into municipalities and cities all across America with the express, um, you know, uh, desire to just cause mayhem and bring this whole thing down. And by thing, I mean, you know, the United States of America, how we live, liberty, freedom, you you guys get it. So um, these folks, this is, this is probably the most troubling of the categories uh, because again we we wrap back around to the left right thing the left seems to um um not face this reality uh sometimes obscure this reality with with bizarre reporting saying that these extremists are either funded or they are white supremacists which i i wouldn't necessarily disagree with on a small scale but um, white supremacists in this country and the people that fund them are, are just not the, the, uh, the big money, fine-tuned, uh, fine-oiled machine that many of these other anarchist groups um, happen to be. So uh, pinning the crazy mayhem, and we'll, we'll get to some of this uh, in a moment in Santa Monica and, and other places, on white supremacist is um, is a bit of a stretch. So we have three categories of people in these protests. What do we do about that? This is this is an absolute free for all out there. And uh, as we are broadcasting today, um, you know, another day. Af this this is a day after the four police officers were indeed charged with uh, second degree murder. Um, 
you know, people think that will uh, tamp down the protest. Other people think that that will um, ignite more protest. Uh, only only time will tell. But I did want to get to something that happened the other day, which is um, Trump flirting with the uh, enacting the 1807 uh, Insurrection Act. And there are a lot of Trump fans out there that do happen to be bringing up a very good point. If states and municipalities have the munitions and number of law enforcement to quell situations and they are told to stand down while innocent people are killed, injured, or have to watch their businesses or life savings go up in smoke, um, there's a lot of people out there, not necessarily uh, you know, exclusive to just Trump fans, that, that say uh, there's simply no other option. This has to happen if local law enforcement, um, and it's not generally local law enforcement as much as it is the uh, governors and mayors of these uh, areas that are saying um, stand down as they did in Santa Monica, which was, was insane. And they're very similarly in, in other cities as well. This This whole stand down thing, was a theory that was cooked up a number of years ago, which um, simply articulated was give the criminals, rioters, anarchists, whatever you want to call them, give them a little room to blow off some steam and then you will make a bad situation just sort of bad with the premise that you know the the um, the rioters, the criminals, the looters are, uh, in some perverse way, within their mental faculties to the point where they are going to simply go home with a couple of uh, pairs of sneakers under their uh, armpit, and they're not going to do anything more. Now, this is abject madness, and it has uh, the the folly of this. Um, uh, theory has been stood on its ear time and time and time again. Anybody that's raised children will know that, um, you know, if you shove a Snickers bar in your little kid's mouth to shut them up instead of uh, disciplining them properly or teaching them properly, then after that Snickers bar goes down, they're going to continue to do whatever to get another Snickers bar. It's pretty simple. So, um, this stand down philosophy and and our last line of defense before bad guys encroach on good guys, if you want to break it down into simplest form, uh, the police, uh, by definition, law enforcement, if they are simply watching as the inmates are running the asylum or the tail is wagging the dog, this is... Um, this is not only a precursor for anarchy, this is indeed anarchy uh, at, at its fetal stages. So you can't do that. And just um, we'll get to it in a moment. But there, there's a recall um, petition going around in Santa Monica that they would like to recall the chief of police who basically ordered um, the, uh, the police force to just do nothing. And, and this is not your garden variety uh, demagogable situation like you have in major cities in the United States. Santa Monica is certainly not a major city. This is not people of one color or another 
stealing um, televisions and tipping over um, uh, police cars. This is a largely white um, uh, contingent of, of criminals, uh, most of which are from not anywhere near the area of Santa Monica that have flooded the streets and have gone into some very, very upscale um, businesses and destroyed them. So um, this is uh, for people that like to say, well, these these uh, protests are from people from one color or another. There's a clear example in Santa Monica that uh, you, you couldn't find too many people of color in that craziness out there. So anarchy um, uh, is pretty colorblind unless it has to be not colorblind and, and unless somebody wants to foment a negative narrative and, and assign color to one group or another. And, uh, but in Santa Monica, you know, I, what makes me scratch my head is I, I researched that pretty clearly. I didn't really see any outrage, um, toward the mayor in Santa Monica. Now I know they've had some, um, tumult with their mayor, um, uh, subsequent, uh, or many mayors out there in the last, um, whatever, six, eight months. But typically, a police um, chief does not operate unilaterally. Oftentimes, police chiefs and certainly rank and file law enforcement that is sworn to uphold the law, enforce the law, protect you and I, they do not like these stand down orders because that is not what they are wired or charged to do. They are pretty much programmed when they see wrong, they blunt it so it doesn't creep um, further and further down the road. So the animal, if you will, that is um, a police officer or a police chief, it is it is rather counterintuitive to sit there um, and have the, as I stated before, the, the munitions and the, uh, the numbers and the will to quell these situations and simply not do anything. So usually these edicts, if you will, to stand down are um, are given by politicians. I, I didn't really hear too much in Santa Monica if uh, if the mayor had dirty fingers on this one. But but typically um, in cities, uh, that is what occurs. Now you have that scenario with Trump flirting with the 1807 Insurrection Act. Um, Trump being Trump saying very provocative uh, things that, um, you know, it, with by anybody's guesstimation, they are they are things that he says in order to solidify that very, very strong base that he has uh, when he uses as this um, title of this uh, article here says military leaders remind troops to uphold oath to constitution as Trump threatens domination of protesters. When he uses a word like domination, um, uh, I can only assume this is just my opinion that he's doing that to incite uh, or to uh, ignite and solidify his uh, solid base. That is not a word that you want to use. Um, that is a uh, fascistic word. That is a totalitarian word. It is a dictator type of word. You do, in a situation where there's abject chaos going on, you do indeed want strength and, and forceful rhetoric. Um, but uh, 
domination is not the word you want to use. And, and certainly it, um, when you have as many Trump haters out there as you have, that the meaning of that can be uh, twisted and contorted. And, and as happened at least a million times in the last three and a half years, Trump, after he has said something provocative like that, has walked it back and said, no, this is not really what I meant. And um, Trump defenders have gone out and defended some outlandish statements. And then it all kind of blows over until the next crazy thing is said. So, um, you know, as far as my opinion, um, I I do happen to to feel that we have a constitution, but we have a very... um, unique blurry emotional situation out there where I have where I've just stated um, you know Trump people uh, and, and many other people that aren't Trump people um, said you know the, the feds definitely can and should move in if local law enforcement does not want to do anything but the the squeamishness that I have and other people have that don't necessarily uh, have a dog in the fight but they love the Constitution are situations where, um, say in Lafayette Park, where it, it appears um, that uh, how the park was cleared and then the photo op that we will get to um, a little bit later in the show transpired. That is not what we're about as a people. If people are protesting quietly or not quietly, but uh, in, in a way that is nonviolent, uh, clearing them now there's some seems to be some degree of debate whether uh, the cops say they use pepper cans of pepper spray um, some people think that's tear gas and, and now then it gets a little bit blurry but at the end of the day the optics of clearing out in all estimations a largely calm uh, peaceful protest and then doing um, the photo op thing in front of the church that doesn't look good. Um, it is not what we're about as Americans. And again, it is far and away different than some of the scenarios that happen in cities across America where um, uh, violent things were happening, having nothing to do with anybody's death or any causes. And, uh, and in those instances where people were or cops were just basically um, told to just sit on your hands, um, there is little there is little that you can do uh, other than um, call in, uh, you know, use the feds. Now, it hasn't happened. And uh, you pray and you hope that diplomacy between the White House and uh, the states and the cities and municipalities um, happens and that these people are urged to call out the National Guard. They, they, the, um, uh, it, it is incumbent upon governors to, to do that and to, to restore law and order in their states. And, and some are much more, um, some are much more um, willing to do that than others. But there's a, there's a dance that happens when, uh, between the feds and the states and states' rights and all that stuff that we understand. Um, when Trump throws out words like domination, um, that's not helpful. It's just not helpful, and it is um, political hackery, and it's just not good in a situation where, um, you know, things are burning, uh, literally. Uh, over to the Santa Monica thing. It says, Santa Monica police chief faces calls to resign 
after officers watch businesses being looted and they do absolutely nothing. Santa Monica Police Chief Cynthia Renaud is facing calls to resign after local TV footage showed officers standing idly by as looters ransacked more than 80 stores in the city's downtown area. A petition posted to change.org to remove the California chief had received more than 8,000 signatures by 9 o'clock last Tuesday, according to the Santa Monica Lookout. um, It says... uh, Oliver Green said officers lack the strong leadership and overarching strategy to protect themselves, our cities, and its citizens. What began as a peaceful protest in Santa Monica on Sunday over the death of George Floyd descended into violence, and some people began looting businesses, including banks, chain stores, at smaller mom and pop shops and restaurants. Um Here's the rub. Here's what you're going to get, because we do live in a polarized society where nobody can talk to one another. Nobody wants to listen to one another. And um, you're just going to get the blah, blah, blah from the uh, local people that have bungled this situation that the protesters were in large part not from this area. They're bad actors. People in Santa Monica don't. operate this way blah 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 that has nothing to do if you're shot by somebody from guadalajara um, istanbul australia or downtown santa monica resident it doesn't really matter it 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 still kind of hurts when you're shot by somebody or, or or knocked in the head with a club so this this insanity that these people are being bust in i mean it's true and it, it is it is a problem. Local law enforcement does not um, oftentimes have the luxury of knowing if somebody's from out of town or not when they're committing a crime. And nor nor should they. They are trained to react. And you know uh, you have people like uh, the former mayor of New York, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. He he breaks it down into simplest terms. Um, the first person that does something wrong, you arrest them, you detain them, you um, do whatever you need to do. And then the second person that does it, you do the same thing. And the third person, and then people start to get the message that you're not playing. You're not um, watching people destroy uh, property, uh, injure people. And in many instances, sadly, in this country, kill people. So <clears throat> this whole rhetoric of well, you know, the good people of Santa Monica would never do that. And these people are coming from other places, regardless of, of the truth to that. And that is something, as I said earlier, that we really have to um, address on a federal level. If, if there are organized and there are organized uh, uh, efforts to uh, bus in extremists for the abject purpose of, of creating chaos to bring this whole thing down. Yeah, that's got to be addressed. But in the short term, you know, I think the one of the best ways to address it would to be to apprehend those people um, en masse uh, all across the country. And if, you know, we, we can detain those people, arrest them, put them in jail, uh, interrogate them, we'll learn quite a bit more about who's funding them and what their purposes are, uh, rather than just letting them uh, blend in with everybody else 
and create chaos um, unencumbered. So that's what's happening in um, Santa Monica. In um, here in Philadelphia, something interesting happened. The um, let me just get to that. There was a um, well. This next story that's coming up is interesting. Also, the uh, it's just this is just I can't believe it's a surreal world that we are reporting on these things. It says fifty Philadelphia ATMs blow up. Man allegedly selling dynamite arrested. Okay, uh, that's what we need in a uh, in a pandemic riot induced world. We need. Um, we need people selling black market dynamite. So this story um, was interesting. A lot of people thought that, um, you know, these explosions and these crazy things that were happening in Philadelphia were just merely, um, you know, people protesting and protesting, getting out of hand and things going crazy. Um, this article says police aren't sure if a man accused of selling dynamite on the street is part of a coordinated effort that has killed at least one uh, person. Uh, But um, it says these explosions have hit 50 cash machines in and near Philadelphia since the weekend. And one man has died. um, And it says it's a coordinated effort to steal uh, or take money inside. The authorities said a 25-year-old who is accused of selling homemade dynamite on the streets with instructions on how to use it on ATMs has been arrested. So people are very nervous about the pandemic, probably uh, could have lost their job, lost their income. Uh, many people have lost their property. Uh, you're, you, you, you see people interviewed, I have no place to shop uh, locally in the city anymore. This is where I go for my groceries. This is where I go for that. I, I can't, you know, my my uh, my Orwellian governor has told me to stay in and hide under a bed. And when I when I can get out now, I can't go to uh, a market oh, when I come back home and it's 90 degrees. There's no electricity. Oh, um, let's add a little bit to that. I'm hearing these apocalyptic war type explosions going off in my neighborhood. I mean, it is enough to pull your hair out. Uh, God be with those folks that don't that are not believers you know are i'm gonna calm down here our our uh our rest is in jesus christ but what if you don't know jesus christ and and you are that person that i just described with all that stuff going on and and then there's these uh you know percussion bomb type uh, sounds coming in your neighborhood you just you lose your mind like what is going on now um so in in all of this these atms are blowing up all over philadelphia poor 24 year old man um died uh and and, uh it's it's not worth it police commissioner uh danielle outlaw said it's not worth the injuries that we're seeing associated with this and it's not worth the risk to the community and the danger that is being imposed um you know, there there's a percentage of people out there that would say, hey, you want to go blow up a, a, an ATM? You deserve to be um, killed or maimed if you do that. I'm not going to say that. Uh, this, this is just insane. And, and she's actually appealing, you know, which is not that unusual for city police commissioners, uh, appealing to the criminals to um, 
you know, saying it's not worth it. It's not worth the injuries that they're seeing. So these people that are blowing up these ATMs to get the limited amount of cash inside are being injured by the dynamite. Um, it says Taleb Crump is charged with felony possession of weapons of mass destruction, as well as numerous misdemeanor charges, including weapons offenses, terroristic threats, and risking a catastrophe. Um, this is madness. Um, you know, here, he for, uh, this is one instance. The guy um, got a, a cash payout of $8,500. Now, you know, to you or I, $8,500 maybe a lot of money. I don't know. Is it, is it worth losing your arm? Is it lo worth losing your life? Um, certainly in these crazy times, uh, although with um, Larry Krasner um, in Philadelphia, I, I doubt if this guy gets convicted, he'll get more than uh, four or five days in jail. But is, is it worth going to jail in a, in a normal situation, not Philadelphia, for an extended period of time for $8,500? Um, to to blow up um, ATMs with dynamite, uh, just just another thing that's happening in the city of Philadelphia that makes people very uneasy and and just wondering where are you God and God is right here in the midst of it. Um, it is not God's fault that we have gone awry as a culture, just totally. Um, and the the. Um, it, what has happened to George Floyd and his family and, and, and numerous other people of all colors in this country under the hands of of a very, very, very few corrupt police officers is um, is horribly sad. Um, but another sad part of this is how so many thousands and thousands of people take advantage of these situations Um and blend in with uh, protesters um, and, and try to feign that they have a heart for uh, George Floyd and his family, where if you stuck a microphone in the face of 80% of the people going crazy in any urban um, area in this country and said, what do you think about George Floyd? Um, you put a gun to their head, they would not know who George Floyd is um, and they're just uh, exploiting a situation and that's, that's just so horrible this particular person that we're going to talk about now um wasn't going to wait until philadelphia law enforcement um helped him out um uh, some on the left would say uh, he took the law into his own hands which is a ridiculous statement because um, we all have the, the right to protect ourselves uh, to one degree or another. Um, and this gentleman protected himself, his wife and his property and um, someone that wanted his guns um, sadly became a casualty himself. This article says South Philly gun shop owner shoots, kills looter police says, um, Miguel Martinez Valle reports from Firing Line Inc. in South Philly, where a gun shop owner shot and killed a man trying to break in. Uh, South Philly gun shop owner shot and killed a man trying to break into his store Tuesday. Police officer, or excuse me, Philadelphia police said the owner of Firing Line Inc. was staying the night in the shop on South Front Street in South Philadelphia because over the last few nights, People had tried to break in and steal his guns. Um, 
uh, he saw a broken lock and he said, um, you know, people were using bolt cutters on his locks and he was having no more of it. So he decided to sleep in his store and um, protect his property. The group um, uh, smashed the back door and broke glass. Police said when they made it upstairs, the 67-year-old owner started shooting his Bushmaster M4 rifle, um, striking a shot to one man in the head, and he was dead. That man, who was in his 20s, died in the store. Police said the other man ran off. Police found a handgun by the dead man that the owner said does not belong to his shop. Investigators believe the burglars brought that with them. Um, An injured person turned up at Jefferson University Hospital, which investigators said could be connected to this. The person was shot in the shoulder. Um, So there's no charges against this uh, business owner, at least yet. Uh, We are in Philadelphia, so there probably, you know, there could be, but uh, let's hope there aren't. But here's an example. Um, I mean, people that are hearing the sound of my voice in other areas of the country may not have even heard of this story. Now, in fairness, there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of crazy things going on in in a lot of cities. So, you know, th- this this story may not have the uh, legs that it would have under normal circumstances, but this is another example of um, this gentleman is a hero, and people on the left don't want to hear that. But think about that for a moment. You have crazy people marching up and down the street, breaking into property, stealing property, injuring people lighting cop cars on fire, injuring police officers, um, uh, pummeling people, uh, store owners that are just trying to uh, protect their property. We've all seen just horrific videos of, um, of that one lady uh, trying to protect her property and just being thrown around like a rag doll in front of her property and kicked and beaten and slammed. Um, so we have this going on. And then at the height of this, and yeah, just add add the um, the occasional blow ups of ATMs with dynamite, you know, uh, just another day in the park, right? And all of a sudden, somebody gets the idea to break into um, a gun shop. Now, this gun owner not only protected his family, protected his property as he has the legal right to do. But if you think about it, and people on the left don't think this way, but they should, that guy is an absolute hero. Can you even imagine if he didn't um, have the right to protect his property and bear arms and protect his wife and and, uh, all the guns that he had in there? And he just said, well, you know, I'm going to leave it up to law enforcement. They're doing uh, such a good job. I'm just going to stay home, um, maybe go to the suburbs and kick back. And, um, you know, let's just hope for the best. What if he did that? And this person, we, we don't know. I, I, I suspect highly that this person doesn't know who the hell George Floyd is. Um, they're exploiting a chaotic situation. Um, they, they certainly... Uh, but I don't know if they're in that third category or that second category. They, they may just be crazy people 
that are just looking to, you know, maybe to get some guns, sell some guns, whatever. Or what if God forbid, and we don't know, and we don't have the luxury of knowing when we're in the midst of a terrible situation, what if they are in that category of extremists that have just been bust in to take advantage of a crisis for some very, very nefarious purposes? That guy's a hero that, that defended his property and put that guy down. Because if he doesn't, if he's not there, if he's going to rely on law enforcement, who is stretched thin anyway, that individual and the individuals that were with him and the crowd that was on that individual's heels, what happens if hundreds, if not thousands of guns, well, probably not thousands, but hundreds of guns are disseminated with endless amounts of ammunition in the sixth largest city in America. That's absolutely insane to, to uh, what if he was not your garden variety entrepreneur that was just trying to steal a few guns and sell a few guns? What if he was in that third category of crazy extremist and he just got what he needed and then the word got out on the street, hey, this gun shop is busted wide open. Nobody's anywhere near it. Free guns, free ammunition, go crazy and that's exactly what people would have done can you imagine the carnage if hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of crazy people on the streets of philadelphia were armed to the teeth with unlimited amounts of guns and ammunition so this guy who you know there's a story about him and the left probably rolls their eyes and eh, when another gun rights guy just killed somebody and eh, that's that's really unfortunate uh, there was there's no um due process for that guy you know he, he might have just been shopping and didn't realize that the place wasn't open you know <laughs> this guy gets a little blurb of an article when in reality that guy not only protected his property and his family i i think it's quite reasonable to say that he probably saved tons of lives because if those guns get out on the street um we got problems so again um we go back to what do we do about this um article i saw today it says trump backs down on insurrection act but not before rebuke from military leaders so again as i said before donald trump has a has a long history of saying real provocative things which i i think are are geared um toward his base to just continue to solidify them but um he oftentimes softens it and backs down a little bit the art of the deal right and he you know comes back to wherever he needs to in order to um talk to negotiate with whoever is that he is at odds with so this article says president trump has indicated he is backing down on threats to deploy federal troops to states that refuse to use the military to put down violent protesters but not before taking criticism from current and past defense officials who openly broke with his position i don't think we'll have to trump told former white house spokesman um, Sean Spicer on Newsmax TV referring to invoking the Insurrection Act to dispatch active duty troops for riot control. We have very strong powers to do it. The National Guard is customary and we have a very powerful National Guard, over 300,000 men and women, and we can do pretty much whatever we want as far as that. That is a provocative statement. Um, and I think President Trump, although 
he gained some political um, traction with with certain people by saying things like that in a situation where we have a constitution and we don't have a king that just shuts down this or shuts down that for good or bad reason in a chaotic pandemic uh, riot filled world we don't want to say things like um, these men and women can do pretty much whatever we want as far as that um, but as far as going beyond that sure if it was necessary um, so you know there, there are a number of um, former joint chiefs of staff and uh, and political advisors to Trump many of which who have been fired have um, have problems with uh, with some of these policies and the policies again we, we live in a world where what we try to do on this show is we try to to ratchet down the rhetoric as much as we can um, we try to teach people how to talk to one another show the love of Christ re, um, attract not repel but um, in a world that's this crazy it, it's very difficult we, we do indeed need to talk about what do we have to do uh, we, we can't let cities burn and the mayors of those cities and the law enforcement in those cities do nothing that is absolute insanity that uh, the citizenry of this country is not protected uh, when that happens and that something has to be done about that but we cannot have a king saying stuff like uh, domination uh, the um, the National Guard can pretty much do what they want things of that nature um, you know we, we can't have that so where what are we left to do we're left to try to talk to one another in a way that's productive we we have to put Christ first we have to have guidance um, we have to understand who our politicians are what their uh, motives are we have to elect the right people we have to pray for our leaders even if we don't like them uh, all of those things and we we have to as citizens we can only do what we can do we have to uh, try to engage in conversations with people in a way that's not crazy um somebody has a certain shirt on with a certain um you know uh, saying on it we put them in a box and we don't um we don't care to talk to them about whatever their shirt says or whatever we feel that they are or they aren't we just kind of avoid them or we we very quickly dispatch them and put them in a box because they're one of them they got the word jesus on their shirt or they're one of them because they have the word black lives on their shirt which in reality we we don't know what the heck's going on in their brain until we talk to them um there are many people in the black lives matter movement um that are uh god-fearing um great people intelligent people um well-intentioned people that have absolutely no idea of of the uh the beginnings of black lives matter and and the really terrible people that are behind some of the um uh principles of black lives matter uh, black lives matter um was started uh their 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 theme song was that and i'm getting it wrong i don't have it in front of me was uh, about the the cops fry them up like pigs in a blanket fry them up um and, you know, i'm paraphrasing wildly but you get the point um 
you know, that that is how about the large percentage, particularly in the city of Philadelphia, of police officers that are black? Do, do we do we fry them up like bacon? Um, uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, is that what we do? No, we don't. And any group or entity that has a song or a saying like that is is something that is is really perverse. But again, the average person that thinks Black Lives Matter is a really good thing in general, um, they're they're not aware of that or they're not thinking about that. And at the right time, in the right place, in the right setting, in the right way, you talk to them about that. You don't come out of the shoot and say it like I just did, but you find somebody in your neighborhood that may be sympathetic to that movement and, and, and just at some point in time. Do you, you know, hey, Bob, do you, do you really agree with this um, little jingle that Colin Kaepernick came up with or uh, or wearing socks that have pigs uh, dressed as police officers? Um, do, do you really agree with that? Do you think that's helpful? And, you know, after you've, cre- you know, uh, established a relationship with that person and, and it, it just, you know, shown them the love of Christ instead of bombastically coming at them. You know, you might get somebody to think. We need people to think. Nobody's thinking. We're all reacting. We're all reacting to sound bites. We're all chasing shiny objects. That that means people on the left and the right. We're getting our cues from what we think are credible sources, um, but they they may not be, um, or they may be most of the time. But they'll 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 sprinkle in a little crazy red meat, and we'll just run with it. We have to take a breath. With COVID, with riots, with power outages, with uh, people blowing ATMs up with with dynamite, we have to take a breather. We have to go to our prayer closet. We have to open our Bible. We have to just, God, how do you want me to handle it? I have a lunch with this guy and he's this. How do you want me to handle that? This person is a very well-meaning person, but they are being so led astray by this. How do you want me to handle that, God? James 1.5. Give me some wisdom, God. That's how we got to do this. Encounter by encounter by encounter. One by one by one, we have to do this because we, as I've said a thousand times on this show, the sliver of people and um, that are thinking either on the left or on the right, and in assessing situations and people and scenarios objectively, thoughtfully, um, calmly, um, uh, taking their time to, to govern what goes in their ear gate, their eye gate, what comes out of their pie hole. Um, that sliver of individuals, sadly, is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as every single day clicks off and we got to do something about that we have to stop that madness and um you know as i've said before the only thing that is true that is right that is uh, will not um lead you astray is the word of god <clears throat> you're you're communing with god you're going to a, a good bible believing church hanging out with um with believers uh, being steeped in the word so you are not led astray but you can't you know hunker down in this quote-unquote christian cocoon and not be salt and light to um to a really um uh missing it type of a world that we have out there and um 
and and you're seeing the result of it. What what is happening out there in the last week is, is nothing more than satanic uh, domination. I use Trump's word there. It is sin. It is sin that that led that um, I would presume um, reasonably intelligent 19 year veteran of the force to do something that a child would not do to another child as far as uh, putting that much force on somebody's neck for that long of a period of time. That was absolute um, sinful. It was terrible and nothing to do with um, uh, anything that is good. And to indict an entire police force or, or, or forward the narrative that um, this is happening on a wide scale basis in in cop uh, in in um, police forces all over the country is is uh is just not right because it's not this guy is a miss um for people to go out in his name and to kill other people um and hurt other people and destroy their businesses and beat and pummel and and just laugh in the face of good and law enforcement is um <clears throat> it's dark and we're living in a really dark world um the impeachment thing was crazy the uh overreaction to covid 19 was was crazy the uh the riots are crazy we're living in some chaotic crazy times and what are you going to do about that um you know th- there's a little bit more than uh, just voting for the guy with an R next to his name because the guy with an R next to his name might be pretty crazy himself and maybe just a little bit more sane than the guy or the gal with a D next to their name. So we got to do a little bit more than that in order to um, to write this ship. Um, we are winding it down, but I, I would be extraordinarily remiss if I... Um, didn't get to my last story and um i I know um there's a lot of fans of the show that are big donald trump fans as well and they they hate it when i get into this um but you know i gotta call them like i see them um and again we we did this uh, a few weeks ago we we looked at um, how different news publications and different authors and different people look at the same situation and spin it just wildly. So again, um, hammering home the need to uh, go to the Word of God for uh, for guidance. Here's two articles with um, you know completely different um, completely different uh, headlines, and I'll read them both. This is from NPR. Trump defends law and order symbolism of photo op at St. John's Church. So they're kind of, you know, and the article goes on to um, to kind of slam Donald Trump for um, the photo op. And the next article, Franklin Graham, not offended by Trump's Bible photo, slams other clergy that happen to be slamming Donald Trump for the photo op. So here we have two entities. This one happened to be Fox News, Um, as you might imagine. Um, they they throw up an article that Franklin Graham um, uh, referring to Franklin Graham not having a problem at all and compellingly you know telling us why he thinks there is absolutely nothing wrong with that and then we have NPR with uh, an article that is um, basically not too flattering of Donald Trump now that is America and you know um, in the midst of our, our busy lives with work if we do have work 
and there there wasn't actually a, a very good uh, jobs report today, which I hopefully I can get to in a few minutes here. But in this world where we have work and family and, and all sorts of craziness and busyness, yeah, it's a full-time job to be a citizen. So if you're inclined to um, read this NPR article and then go over to Fox and read what they have to say about it and then go to the Word of God and see what he has to say about it, yeah, um, th- there's just one simple thing that happened and it's probably going to take you a long time to do that. And do I think that's unfortunate? Yeah. Do I think there are people that have a vested interest in making this more confusing to you um, to take you off the truth? Yeah, I do. And that's really sad. But I can only give you um, on this show my opinion of, um, excuse me, my opinion of, um, let's just call it the photo op. Um, And then you can discern it for yourself. God will lead you to do whatever you want to do or look at it whatever way you want to look at it. Um, Here's the way I see it. I I, I think if you're NPR or Fox News or you have an R or D next to your name, how the feds, if you want to just say that in generic terms, cleared Lafayette Park to make way for Trump to do this um, leaves a bit to be desired. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, But and standing in front of the church is all well and good. Um, I agree probably with Franklin Graham on that. Um, and you've heard me on this show just uh, discuss how integral uh, opening up the churches are, how vital they are to this society, the First Amendment, our, our, um, our right to uh, freedom of, to worship whomever we need to. We cannot have a society where anarchists, looters, crazy people destroy churches we can't so i I, do i think donald trump standing in front of a church and saying this ain't going to happen is necessarily offensive i I don't however i have always had a problem with the way donald trump uses the bible as a prop and it bugs me he did it at liberty university um holding it and saying some things that were just major eyes roll And again, he's sitting there with that weird look on his face, holding a Bible. Now, I've sat in my church parking lot many times for many reasons, and I wasn't holding a Bible out and and, and using the Word of God or a Bible as a prop. Um, I think Donald Trump has to be very careful. He does this on more than a few occasions, and it does bug me. The Bible's not a prop. It is the inherent Word of God. And... um, I just think that he doesn't understand that. Uh, and we'll just kind of leave it at that because we're running up against the clock here. But um, standing in front of the church, making a speech, um, speaking directly to people, faith-based voters or people of faith that um, your houses of institution will not be overrun by crazy people. I, I think that's reasonable. But um, the way he holds the Bible out and uses it as a prop is very similar to how Clinton used to do it and other politicians do it. And it just rubs me the wrong way. So um, that is it for this uh, edition of Reshaping America. This has been uh, Kurt Flewelling. And until then, um, just uh, keep praying and we will uh, see you again next week.